That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Would it be a problem if I didn't record myself at all? Uh, I mean, I could like do your voice i could like imitate you replying to me you know we'd have my side sure. of it and then i'd just like fill mm-hmm. in for you as well and just pretend to be you that's a lot of work it might make for a better podcast but it's a lot of work might get me committed <laughs> yeah you to be live inside my skin for a moment which kind of brings us to the topic for today my first question for you is can you feel it can you feel the chill in the air uh, we are getting closer and closer to Halloween, and uh, you know what? This is the Losing My Opinion podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin, mm. a.k.a. Niagara Moon. Uh, I am Spooky Thin Lear. Spooky Thin Lear, yeah. Spooky. As opposed to normal Thin Lear. And uh, <laughs> this is a podcast where we both uh, have songs that we're going to show each other. The other one doesn't know uh, what to expect. And we also have points to make, you know, arguments, opinions, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Halloween your favorite time of the year? It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, every year, I was just talking to my wife about this, like, I hype it up and hype it up. And we watch horror movies at night and just, like, really get into it. But then on the day of... I always blow it. What, what does that mean? Like it's always not good. Like I, something happens at work or what? It, I just you don't try to wear a costume and it doesn't end up coming together. <laughs> yeah, I just like it's like a Tim Robbins guy just like stand in my house with like a Dracula. Don't want fuck a shit on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. here anymore. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, it's not like that. It's just like I, I think I hype it up so much in my mind. Like this is gonna be great, and then it's just not. And usually it's the weeks leading up to Halloween that I have a really good time. I mean, those are better than the day itself, in my mind. Yeah, the day itself, you know, and and yeah, yeah, we buy a lot of candy for the kids. I mean, last year it was like pandemic yeah, still, yeah. so it's, people aren't really coming around. Well, this year I hear, you know, they're putting razor blades in the candy. You, you tune in. They say that, that There's every meth year. in the candy. That's, well, I, they haven't said that every year, but that razor blades thing has been floating around forever. But it is spooky season here. It is. Losing my opinion podcast. Do I speak for both of us when I say that we love horror films? I do love horror films. Yes, yes, I do indeed. Okay, I just saw cool. one recently, Saint Maud. It was creepy. It was, it was more psychological than like a, a spook fest, but I definitely recommend Saint Maud to people. Okay, so I, I actually just watched one mm-hmm. the other night called uh, Saint Maud. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Fuck. You know what? You know what this. You know what actually is scary. That we're just the you same person. You know what's person? scary, Thomas, is that our our lives <laughs> are like turning into just one single <sighs> column of experience. You ever see that movie Enemy, but with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? There's the spider or something doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one went over my head. Love that movie. Yeah, but that is our pretty much though. That's yeah. basically our lives right now. I mean, I literally have in front of me. I said. Make it, make a mention of Saint Maud. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> what? It's a good there movie. Literally every. It's a great movie. Every horror movie up to this point that either of us could have watched, mm-hmm. and we both watched that one from like three years yeah. ago. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's on Prime. I've been meaning to get around to it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Maybe it sort of emerged on Prime. Uh, yeah, well, that was that was an unsettling film. It was, but it was gross. Yeah, it was it was creepy. Pretty gross too. A lot of body horror stuff, which I don't tend to love that but horror is my favorite genre i love most horror films because like unlike other genres even if it's horrible it's still good mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I don't know why yeah, that is it's still there's something to get out of it because like if, it, if a comedy is bad oh that's the worst thing in the world if a drama is bad that just falls flat on its face as well but horror you still got some some charm remains even if it's shittily done right yeah because it's still cartoonish yeah. and mostly if it's really bad it's cartoonish. Like I watched a uh, uh, vampire in Brooklyn Oof. the other day, Oof. and that's rough. But also, I had a great time watching. I might it. have to put that on my <laughs> list. Just, actually, yeah, that seems weird. It's just to, so much fun. Eddie Murphy uh, trying to be so scary. The, I don't know. But he, and he's not like he's not really trying to be funny. So it's like pretty. It's serious, and the rest of the movie is is vaguely trying to be funny, and he's like really not. Oof. Uh, it's strange. 
strange film, but uh, you probably tell where we're going with this listener. Like we're both connoisseurs of the horror movie soundtrack. Um, it's you, you said to me, you had a Halloween theme today. So I'm imagining that you're also talking about a horror movie soundtrack. Is that correct? I, th- I think we're fucked. I think you're going to say what you have prepared today. And it's going to be exactly what I have in mind. That's, I have that feeling right now. So we're going to have done it twice in one episode to have done Pretty the much. same. Or we'll, we'll just superimpose thing. both of our arguments on top of each other. Well, you know what? Even if we bring up the same thing, my argument then is going to be that I care about it more. Okay. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> my argument is that I care about it. And you know what? I really do. Because what I brought in today, I'm very mm-hmm. passionate about. This is a thing that I use to chase people away from me uh, unintentionally. Uh, there are too many amazing horror movie soundtracks to list off, but I guess my question is how many horror movie soundtracks have songs with vocals and lyrics written specifically for the film? Um, well, there's uh terror time again from Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. About- uh, and then there's also, uh, they have a spooky song in Scooby-Doo and the witches. Well, like Coast. Real, oh, you mean real horror movies, like vocals? things that would scare you. Vocals. With vocals, songs with vocals. Oh, maybe we aren't talking about the same thing. Ugh, I don't know, God. Rob Zombie, did he ever score one of his own movies? <laughs> That's a great guess. I don't, I, well, I, he probably has. I don't think he's given it vocals, though. That would be pretty ballsy on his part. And I'm not talking about like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, like scary, real scary. See, vocals always make things less scary, I feel like. Yeah. Don't they? But I have no idea where you're going uh, with this now. This is great. I'm actually excited now. I wasn't excited <laughs> before, but now I am. Uh, how, do, how do we define scary music, I guess, is the next question, because we're talking about songs with vocals. What makes music scary? Scary music is uh, The Drift by Scott Walker, and nothing's going to top that. That still haunts my dreams. I kind of agree with that. That's the most terrifying record I've heard. Uh, but like outside of the context of a film, mm-hmm. like is the music from Halloween, let's say, still scary, or The Exorcist or whatever? Because like I hear it, and I think of what's frightening Mm. within the context of those movies, but I don't know if I'd hear tubular bells and be like, yeah, that's frightening uh, me. The modern 2018 Halloween soundtrack is fucking scary. And that's also John Carpenter, um, who did the the original Halloween score. That, That, yeah. The original Halloween score, the that's cool and creepy. That's not going to like terrify you, but there's Mm -hmm. some, not that I I saw like half the movie just wasn't for me, the, the 2018 Halloween, but there are music, there's, cues on that that like get under my skin for sure yeah sure uh i and another one i would say wordless uh under the skin the soundtrack for that i've been film. meaning to see that that looks really creepy really really i really want to see it creeps me out i mean it's it's like this it's this really sparse uh synthetic mm. like the uh, uh, sporadic percussion um mika levy did it and it's just like it's like indie, an indie mm. rock horror cool. soundtrack. It's really good. But we're going to challenge the preconceptions of what scary music is today, All let right. me tell you. Uh, so when I bring up the Wicker Man to people, uh, here's what they usually tell me. Not the bees! Nic- <laughs> right. So they say Nicolas Cage is out of his mind. They talk about the bees scene where they're like you in bitches. his eyes or something. It was all for honey. Yeah, he's in a... <laughs> He's in a bear suit. He like knocks somebody out. Um, I don't disagree that that is a crazy film. I think that movie is insane. And and I do enjoy oh, it. Yeah. Like I love Nicolas Cage horror movies. I love when he's off the rails. Uh, Vampire's Kiss oh, that's is a, amazing. That's legitimately a great movie, Vampire's Kiss. That's, that's a great movie. Fantastic. It's not even ironically no, that's, that's a work of art, enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, as is Mandy. Oh, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and he's playing Dracula in an upcoming Renfield movie. I don't know how I looks- feel about that. <laughs> That's it a step too far. Uh, but we're not talking about Cage today. We're not talking about the Wicker Man of 2006. We're talking about the original Wicker Man from 73. Oh, shit. Because um, it's not just fun to watch because it's terrible. It's a classic horror movie. One of my favorite, not just horror movies, one of my favorite movies. Oh, shit. One, because it's kind of a hot mess, uh-huh. uh, but it works for me. And I saw this film... Full disclosure, at a very strange transitional time in my life, and I needed it. Like, I needed this film when I saw it. Uh, It reminded me that there was crazy art out there to discover and just excited me. Like, it is one of those pieces of art that reinvigorated my desire to, like, be out in the world, finding things, if that makes any sense. 1973's Wicker Man. 
73. The ending, and we're going to spoil the hell out of this for the listeners today and for you as well, but I, I don't think... I mean, I saw the remake, uh, the superior uh, version, you, so... Yeah, right, the superior remake, right, with the bees. I haven't uh, seen sorry. the original. I've always kind of been curious about it. You have to see it, because I think even if you don't like it, it's going to make an impression right. on you. It's just very... There's nothing like it. And the ending is one of the best horror movie movement moments, or just really movie moments ever. Uh... General story is, I don't know how this deviates from the Nick Cage version because I only saw that once, but it's about a Christian police officer investigating a, a child's disappearance on a really far out Scottish island. All the townspeople are practicing a, a frightening form of paganism. And it's like a, and it's a mystery and it's a musical sort of, uh, and, and then it's also horrific. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's these things in different, a uh, different order. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it builds up to this horror. Um, the film has everything. This, this pagan themed folk horror that for sure, 100% Midsummer mm. look to that for inspiration. I don't want to <laughs> make this Midsummer, a yeah. great movie. I, and I love that movie, but that the folk horror genre, like this is right, the, right. this is the Sergeant Peppers of the, yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, a seminal work, seminal work. It might be like the work, uh, great acting from Britt Eklund, Ed, Edward Woodward. And most of all, the man, Christopher Lee. Oh, who, who can top him? Come on. Saruman? And he's not, yeah. And he's not doing his over the top, like Dracula Saruman thing. Um, he's this very, uh, uh, um, like kind of laid back, articulate uh, leader of these townspeople. Uh, I don't think he was ever better. And he said this was his favorite movie that he ever man. was in. Uh, but for today's episode, most importantly, there is a batshit pastoral Brit folk soundtrack that I do actually listen to sometimes and enjoy outside of the context of the film. Uh, it was not supposed to be a musical and I do not think that it qualifies as one, but it has those elements like characters sing songs in the movie that are directly related to the plot, but it's always in the context of like they're at a bar doing a sing-along uh, or at a Maypole festival or something. And the director, uh, Robin Hardy, shocked the cast by telling them a few weeks in, hey, uh, this is actually also kind of a musical, by the way. How does that work? Uh, can you imagine? And I'm not sure you could get away with that anymore. Uh, so th- this, the sound of the, the, the instrumentation here, it's like there's a group of musicians. They call themselves Magnet. Magnet. Um, it's very much like this. Is, that's a great picture. It's very much like the Suspiria soundtrack with Goblin where it's like yeah. this is a band that kind of came together for the purpose of making this soundtrack. I don't know if that's exactly what happened with Goblin, but like Magnet is attached to this film and nothing else. Are they kind of prog rocky in the same way? Prog in the sense that like Pentangle is prog. You know, as proggy as Fairport Uh, Convention freaky psychedelic folk. Which is like is where I'd pinpoint Yeah, like incredible string band kind of sound. Like that kind of thing. So it's it's closer to Brit folk, but there is that incredible string band kind of thing or like where Devendra Banhart went or even maybe Joanna yeah. Newsom, like the, the, the sort of outer stretches of that kind of indie folk. Uh, but it's a group of players called Magnet. And there's a playwright whose name is Paul Giovanni, born right here. One of my favorite actors. I loved him in American Splendor. A, <laughs> uh, he blew not himself. Him, Paul, Paul, Paul Giovanni. Giovanni. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, yeah. Um, he blew himself in American Splendor. Are you, I think you're <laughs> conflating uh, the guy from Arrested Development. Big fat liar. No, he 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 turned blue because uh, Malcolm in the middle tricked him there. He, somebody knows oh, what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the guy from Arrested yeah, Development. I conflated the two. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Paul Giovanni, born here in Jersey, wrote the music, and this is his crowning achievement. Uh, I should say up top. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen this film. Just watch it now. Come back to the podcast after you're done. Can I excuse myself to go see it? Yeah, take a couple hours. I'll just I'll sit here staring at the screen until you get back. Uh, Soundtrack is killer because the tunes and the context of the film are really unsettling. But what I want to try to figure out today is it's going to be a little strange uh, because like these are pre-Christian themed British folk tunes. And with the film, there's like this menace mm. that comes with them. And it's this really interesting dichotomy of like this sort of sultry folk music, like Judy Sill sounding kind of folk music. And then, you know, someone's getting eviscerated. <laughs> so it's uh, it's very complex. Um, 
we don't often think of soft bucolic folk in the same capacity you think of like death metal, but this film accomplishes that mm. task. Um, the, the songs are like naive sounding or childlike, but there is a general vibe, I think, outside of the context of the film that carries with it something sinister below the surface of what we're going to listen to. It's a weird, unsettling mm. thing. Uh, so I want to listen to the opening tune, which is what arrested me when I first saw the movie. It was just like, I'm, I'm in this. All right. Is this the opening titles? This is the opening. It's the opening credits as well. Come to the low country. like Donovan, no? You know, I, I do. Yeah. I was going to make a mention of that. Do you enjoy this? I do. Or? It's just soothing, though. I don't get any menace from it. It is, yeah. And it, I guess, I guess this is tied to the movie then, because I hear that sort of... It's calming. And then this leads into the first tune. Ooh, I like this. Outside of the main title. It was upon a llama's night when corn rigs are bonny. Beneath the moon's unclouded light, I held a while to Annie. This is is calming. I have my guard down. I want to live in this this little village here. That's what this opening does, yeah. It's idyllic. You want to hang out with this dude singing about corn rigs. (laughs) This is a fire chorus. Okay. Very uh, Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, and Nashville there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll sometimes walk around the house singing that <laughs> um, to annoy everyone's annoyance. Uh, it was actually sung by one of the actresses in the film, that first one with like that hurdy gurdy sound. Mm. I love that. It, it sounds somewhat unsettling to me. The whole, that whole piece does, and leading into the, the, the opening tune, because it sounds like authentic. Like it's like right. a, almost like a field a field recording from Scotland, right? Yeah, like an anthropological expedition. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they're real townspeople from this fictional place of Summer Isle, and not in a musical theater way. Like, I, I don't I don't think any of the songs really do that because the production's kind of like earthy, mm. uh, but it's also very catchy. Uh, this is like uh, I want more movies that feel like these songs sound. Horror movies you know that feel what, like these songs. You know sound. what got close, and I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. Um, the new, relatively new movie, Men. Sure. Yeah, that's another folk. The song movie. in that trailer, and then I feel like some of the music along the way until things get pretty crazy in the end there. But I, I feel like that kind of captures the vibe you're talking about because it's like bucolic uh, English countryside. And I love that a twenty four. I mean, I love a lot of things about a twenty four, but I, I love that they are bringing folk horror back and then it's not sort of relegated to the to the 70s but anyway let's move on to the next tune right this next one is called willow's song this is from a from anyone who's seen this movie this is a particularly scintillating scene where uh brit eklund's character is enticing the visiting policeman to break from his really buttoned up christian beliefs this is from the clouds album <laughs> Ooh, that's cool. Little fiddle. That that makes it right there. That is atmosphere. This is a little bit creepy, right? This is more ominous, yeah. Hey ho, 
it's still calming, but in a way that feels like, oh, but are you gonna like steal my stuff after I just like zone out here? <laughs> right, like someone reaching into your to get your wallet. Yeah. Uh, it's creepy and sort of sensual. It's like uh, Sandy Denny of Fairport Convention was a sorcerer. Yeah, this uh, is great. I like this a lot. And it's, it's a complete song too. Like you could, you could I. I do listen to this sometimes, and I think it stands up to other late, like, 60s, early 70s British folky tunes. It's a little Nick Drake adjacent. Yeah. And they actually love that tune. Love the production there, too. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Nick Drake, speaking of Nick Drake, there is a connection here. So members of Pentangle, which was a like a British folky throwback band in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, there was some crossover with members of Fairport Convention. They did actually do a uh, like a live performance of the Wicker Man soundtrack in 2006 or something like that at some Brussels film festival, and they had members of Pentangle uh, play these songs, and this was, this was one of them. So uh, there is a Nick Drake overlap. <laughs> That's funny you said that. Um, I, 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 it's interesting that you're kind of picking up on the fact that the music does get more sinister as the film goes on because all of it's uh, bucolic uh, folk, but it starts off very sunny and idyllic and you want to be there. And by the end of it, you'd rather be anywhere else. Uh, and it's the, still the same genre of music. So it's, it's really, it's, it's a neat trick. Mm. And the fact that they have the characters singing the songs, but not in a way where it's like West Side Story or whatever, it's like, I'm singing a song now, but it's, it's uh, organic and it, it, it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be taken out of the context of the, of the dialogue. Right. Uh, it makes it even more um, creepy because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a soundtrack so much as actual dialogue. So the last tune we'll listen to, this is uh, Summer is a Coming In. And it's based off of a medieval English folk song. And they reworked it here to be sung by the villagers who are, um, I guess I could just say it, cheering on the, the incineration of the the main character uh and i think this song really creeps me out it, it might it might not creep you out out of the context of the movie but uh there's something aggressive about it oh that's spelling <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the 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 original like sort of medieval version of it is like summer is a, a cumin in or however you c-u-m-e-n yeah coming in i'm not okay. british enough to know how that would even if it would be pronounced the same but Yeah, this is this has got more menace. So they're all sort of around him in a circle, chanting on his uh, his demise. There's all kinds of weird minor stuff going on. God, I didn't live in medieval times. <laughs> Thank my lucky stars every day. Agreed. Uh, I love that one because it's like, it's supposed to be joyous. It's a mix of tones right there. And it's a, it's a weird mix of tones and it's so much gusto with which it's sung. Uh, it's just one of my favorite soundtracks to one of my favorite films. Uh, horror movies in general are ultimately fun. And, and these songs, are, they're just so much fun, even with their eerie menace. It's a, it's a rare feat that is accomplished here with the music and, and the mix of genres of this film. And I encourage our listeners to get weird this Halloween and watch this movie. If they're listening to this podcast, they're already plenty weird. They don't need any help in that <laughs> department. That's fair. Uh, I want to I know, for, any, for listeners who, who have seen this film and who love this movie, 
tell tell us what tell me what you love about this movie because I feel like I need to join like a support group mm. for people who are fans of this hey, film because I, I we got to start the Wicker Pod spinoff podcast the Wicker Pod. just dedicated to this uh, '70s film, right? I would love that. It'd be an, it'd be an honor. Wow. Well, I feel like I need to see it now. Uh, now that the the uh, the Nick Cage one is firmly in my rear view, that was a number of years ago. I tried that one out for shits and giggles. Can you? Wa- that movie is shits and giggles. Can you? Can you watch the film and and let me know? Let our, let us know how how I'll you try enjoyed it. Out. Yeah, I mean, it seems beautifully shot, and clearly, uh, you know, if you got a good score, that's half the battle. Come on, right? Very there. true. Very true. Which I'm supposed to say something now. Uh, and now, your 96 Bulls. What was my intro for you supposed to be? Oh, God. Uh, I was about to do that work for you. I had a nice little transitional line I was about to get uh, out, and you just stomped all over it. This is all... Well, you could delete all that. This is in yeah, the muck Yeah, you're going to start from now. scratch. Let's start from scratch. Wicker Man, great film. Listen, my opinion. And speaking of good scores, I have an artist to talk about today that uh, certainly is a master of scoring. And I would argue just an excellent musician overall in general, though you might not necessarily think of them as such, or most people wouldn't have that uh, connection. Interesting. Uh, Out of the gate, you see, yeah, Halloween is upon us. Who do you think I'm talking about today? Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, John Carpenter. Yes, I'm fucking talking about John Carpenter. (laughs) Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. He's the man. He's not even kind of the man. He's definitely he the man. He is the man. Um, what's your relationship with, uh, with John Carpenter and his, uh, his work? It was one of those things where uh, I've, I've talked to a few people where they had this experience too, where you just slowly start to realize that half of your favorite horror movies are made by the same guy. Uh, and then I went on like a, a crazy binge film festival one Halloween and just watched everything and loved almost all of it. There were some ones that there's are, some duds. Well, there's a <laughs> we that, on that vampire one that he oh, made with uh, James Woods. Gross. Uh, <laughs> James Woods is such a dick, and that movie is not good. But I still enjoy yeah. It. Let's start with the positives. So John Carpenter, uh, yes, certainly responsible for some of the uh, most iconic moments in late 20th century filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm as big a fan of his movies as a lot of other people. Like I want to be. It seems so fun, and he seems like such a great guy. He is. He, yeah, yeah. He does seem like. And a he's guy. undoubtedly like an innovator and and all that. But it's like, if I look at his filmography, the thing is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Like the thing, one of my all time favorite movies. That's just one of the best picture. horror movies yeah. ever. Yes. Like the horror movie that sort of in the vein of The Shining or whatever, where it just transcends genre. That's an all time. Like I'm watching. I'm like. Fuck, I'm so glad I'm not these guys in this movie. Just one of the all-time, like, <laughs> no good, no good at all, bad news situations for a main character. So claustrophobic. Yeah. So claustrophobic. Oh, good beards. Great good beards. beards. that movie, though. Uh, you got this guy's run. Yeah. This is like a 10-year run. He did, like, Halloween, The Fog, uh, Escape from New York, which is not a horror film, but it's a great movie, uh, The Thing, and Starman, which is, I, is sort Christine. of like a horror movie. Christine, I, I don't, I've not seen Christine. I've not seen Starman. Uh, Christine's a little cheesy. <laughs> I still like it, but it's like it's yeah, a little. It's a, you know, it's one of those Stephen King adaptations. Uh, yeah, he gets when he gets involved. It's, it's like trouble. He needs Stanley Kubrick yeah. to go fuck off, man. Just stay away from me. <laughs> uh, and then you got later on, you got Prince of Darkness. Hey, big which trouble, little China. You it's don't a, like that one? I mean, it's not a horror movie, but it, that that's one of it's my not favorites. A movie. I do like that's that. got a charm. Yeah. I, I do like that. Uh, Prince of Darkness, you've already told me you don't like as much as me. I want to see a reboot of Prince of Darkness. It had many very cool ideas and some really iconic shots, great music, but the writing and stuff felt a little underbaked and rushed. I That is begging for a reboot. I think you could do something wonderful with that. Interesting. I really like that movie, but I would like to see a reboot of it. Mouth of Madness. That's the only other one we've talked about here that I, I really enjoy and that I feel like is yeah. really solid. I just, I don't happen to be into slashers. So Halloween is not I'm your... not going to, you know, bite into to Michael Myers so much. That's just not really yeah. my bag. But 
you know the the man is a the man yeah. is a legend of, of filmmaking yeah. first and foremost. I mean, obviously everybody is uh, certainly by this point the third Halloween <laughs> reboot. We're all talking about John Carpenter these days. Yeah, In the Mouth of Madness is one of my favorite horror movies. That's a solid. Yeah, yeah I really I was surprised how much I enjoyed bending. that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure one of the best uh, Lovecraftian adaptations. And they live is the last one I'll say. They live. They live. Yeah, that's that one solid. That's 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 a funny one. <laughs> Um, yeah. So when you you think about all these movies, the music is really appealing in a lot of them, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, John Carpenter, the genius of the man, the 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 accomplishments of his his scoring, his he was responsible for so many of his film's soundtracks, which is just like, are right, you taking that on too? You're already, you know, director. My God, like, is there any more involved creative position on the planet? But he would. Yeah, and he's and he's writing too. He's yeah. writing. He's directing. He's making the music. Like he's just all up in it. Jack of all trades. His his scores are awesome. Uh, yeah. They're like half of the appeal of most of his movies for me. It's like I I'm mostly a fan of him for his music. Sure. I want to say. Um, what, what's your favorite like John Carpenter musical moments? I mean, Halloween has to be up there because it's not a lot happening in that film, and it's it's the. <laughs> It's the soundtrack that really keeps it creepy, uh, and also the way it's shot. But like, I don't, I don't look at that film and say like, "Oh, what a hell of a screenplay!" Right, right. It's, like, I think about, I think about the cinematography yeah. and the soundtrack. Uh, that's up there, and and the thing, I, I guess that like really bassy boom, boom. sound. That's not that's yeah. Neil Morricone though doing his best John Carpenter impression. That's not even John Carpenter, oh, but yes. you totally assume it was because it's you in that style. I, I thought it was him. Boom, boom. Yeah. Fantastic. Boom, boom. That's that's a that's a great one. That's a top soundtrack. Doesn't right count because technically not him, but I'd like to think it's basically somebody trying to, like I said, copy his style. Approximate yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick. I'm gonna all right, you know what? We're gonna start things off. I'm gonna play you maybe my favorite John Carpenter movie theme. Uh, and it's from a little film called Assaults on Precinct Thirteen. Okay. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Good movie, yeah. It's pretty good. It's it's uh, if you wrote it down on paper, what what its deal is, I'd be like, I don't know. It sounds so bare bones, yeah, and so cheaply made. Like it's one of his very earliest movies. You know, there's no famous actors in it or anything. It's it's like hanging on by a thread the whole production. But I swear to God, like just the music. There's like two main themes. There's like the we're kind of relaxed, and then shit's going down. It like alternates between those two tones. And the shit's going down theme, the main theme of the movie is so engrossing, like so endlessly cool to me. Like it got me through that film. Like I was just, because it appears so often, I'm like, I, this is just enough to carry me. Yeah. Um, not that it's like a bad movie or anything, but oh my God. So we got to listen to that first. That's just maybe one of my okay. favorite, um, definitely one of my favorite John Carpenter pieces. It's It's so addicting. I just, if you looked at my like Spotify most played this year, it, the uh, anthology, movie themes 1974 to 1998, John Carpenter. Like, I've listened to so much of that this year. Like, just different, like, mm. themes from his his, uh, his various movies. It's so good. It's so just atmospheric. Uh, so this assault on Precinct 13 theme, like the movie itself, it is so minimal. There are so few elements, but it's, like, it's, like, just the right amount, like, down to science. Uh, like I wouldn't want anything more in this. You're about to hear like how minimal it is, but it's like perfect. When's James Murphy gonna start singing? I was there. <laughs> That's an LCD sound system synth, if I ever heard one. It is real fat and crunchy. Come on. It's great. You know what's crazy? Is I was just thinking, how much has this guy influenced like the darker elements of indie synth pop? So much. Because I'm looking at the, his record label, I guess, that released this is Sacred Bones. And they have so many artists who feel like they're indebted to him. 
like a kid could play this. A little kid, but it's just, it's all you need. Bubble, bubble. A weird little kid. Damien. Damien <laughs> could play this. Mm. So I'm a little slow getting to my specific argument, which we're going to kind of transition to now. But this man, he makes the perfect. I thought your argument, I thought your argument was he's the man. <laughs> oh, he is. I mean, it's like saying the sun is bright. <laughs> I don't need to form words to get that across. But this man, he makes the perfect Halloween soundtrack. And I don't just mean like the five hollow, literally Halloween movies he has provided the soundtrack for. I mean, I'm going to show you some stuff coming up. It's, it's all you want for music around this time of year. And I'm not just talking about the music of his films. Are you, no, are you familiar with the, uh, the notion of him as just a musician, a, a, uh, a composer outside of film? I am aware of some of his solo work, yes. Uh, whatever the yeah. record was that he released like not mm. that long ago, um, it was like Lost Themes or something like that. Yes. I, I want to talk about Lost Themes. I heard that. It was like uh, mid-2010s. Uh-huh. It was very good. Yep. If Again, if you looked at my Spotify most played this year, goddamn, I've been playing Lost Themes a lot. Mm. His uh, John Carpenter, the filmmaker, obviously tons of cult classics in there. And then you get to the mid-90s and it just turned into shit. Yeah, that uh, the Vampires movie was Good was Lord. Really- He's bad. got five just duds in a row. Like I saw maybe the first thirty minutes of Ghosts of Mars, and I was like, I don't, that was the I don't one. know if I ever want to watch a movie again. This is just beyond like ennui. Like this just sucks so much. I can't even. That was surprising. How do you bad. do that? Because Vampires is bad, but it's also like still a real vi- movie. It's a movie, and it's also very watchable. And yeah, and that the Ghosts of Mars one is like, oh, yeah. what happened? Just the biggest. One of the biggest examples of what happened. Yeah. He just lost it. Whatever it he had to make a movie just totally fell apart. And then he like almost had a, a reboot or whatever with The Ward, which I haven't seen, but people kind of poo-poo that too. It's like, eh. I haven't seen that He's one. done. As a filmmaker, I don't want to see him try to make another movie. He's done. But John Carpenter, the musician. Oh, man, you buried him. No, no, no. John Carpenter, the musician, is alive and well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we give this we give this enough time if people will really recognize him as a musician as much as they do him as a filmmaker because hot damn it's good stuff. Mm. It's not just Lost Themes from 2015. There's Lost Themes Volume Two from 2016. There's Lost Themes Volume Three, uh, Alive After Death from 2021. I want to say like this. He's like 74 years old. He is cooking. <laughs> There's some great ass music here, and it just it seems like a, an endless supply. I want to hear more. I bet he's gonna. I bet he's gonna release more. Mm. Him and his his son Cody, and then uh, Daniel Davies, his godson, um, son of Dave Davies, I believe. What? Oh, Kinks throwback there. Yeah, uh, the three of them. And how how adorable is that to be just making Aww. you know moody synth music with your son? Your your adult son and and like that's your your collab that's pretty awesome. Man, I, I think. mean, if your dad is John Carpenter, yeah, that's like you live in the dream. That's that's the ultimate bonding experience. You're not making shitty B movies. You're making awesome, awesome, uh, moody, contemplative, dark synth pop. Dark synth pop. Yeah, awesome. I'm so yeah. glad. Like, I'm so happy for him that he made this transition. Like, yeah. this is. I want him to be this. I don't want. The filmmaking days are over. Good riddance. Like this, you don't this think is awesome. though. You can edit this out later, but you don't think that he could be making movies like Mandy. Like I feel like if he if he, he doesn't want to, yeah, he, he would have by now if he if he had that drive in him, that insanity that you need to direct a movie. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, telling a hundred people what to do every day and like getting millions of dollars involved. What are you insane? Mm. No, he he's doing music and. You know, that's a much more approachable lifestyle to him. Yeah. I'm sure if he can do sound, obviously he's he's providing soundtracks to, you know, these new Halloween movies. The one for, I never saw the movie because I don't give a shit, but like Firestarter, the soundtrack for Firestarter, that new movie is, oh, that is movie. I have not that heard is, it. That is heavy. It. I recommend that one too. And again, working with his son, like awesome. Mm. I'm, it's, it's he, I, he's right where I want him to be and he's doing great work. And, you know, I don't know how many people are hip to the fact yet. John Carpenter, 
the perfect Halloween composer. Mm. Uh, I want to. Sh- we got to play something from Lost Themes now. If you're ready, yeah, here. I'm ready. Really, they're all good. Three albums, just solid tracks all around. But uh, I am going to play uh, a tune from from the first uh, Lost Themes here. I'll read a little quote too to to uh, get us in the zone. Uh, this is the first solo album, or not solo album, because again, he's working with his. Uh, his minions, Children, but th- yeah. this, the the first uh, musical work that isn't associated with a movie, you know, Lost Themes. They don't they don't have a movie that they belong to. Oh, just putting that together, yeah. Uh huh. Lost Themes. This is a quote from him. Lost Themes is all about having fun. It can be both great and bad to score over images, which is what I'm used to. Fucking legend at it, I might add. Uh, here, there were no pressures, no ask, no actors asking me what they're supposed to do, no crew waiting, no cutting room to go to. Who fucking needs that? You're in your 70s, like, you, you secured your legacy. Who needs to be out there on mm-hmm. set? Come on. Uh, no release pending. It's just fun. And I couldn't, couldn't have had a better setup than at my house where I depended on Cody and Daniel, Daniel Davies, to bring me ideas as we began improvising. The plan was to make my music more complete and fuller because we had unlimited tracks. I wasn't just dealing with analog anymore. It's oh, a man, brand it's new been, world. It's been a while since you've been in the studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been a, been a little while there since, like, renting out, you know, synth. By the way, the Assault on Precinct 13 soundtrack, he just put that all together in three days. Three insane sleep-deprived days. Jeez. Just start to finish. Make this shit. Get it out there. Uh, wow. What a lifestyle. Um, but no, here, it's a brand new world. Um, there was nothing in any of our heads when we started other than to make it moody. And moody they did. Um, we're going to listen to uh, a bit of a tune from uh, Lost Themes called Abyss. Um, and so you mentioned you are a little familiar with this, uh, Mr. Matt? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I really like this. I really like this one. I, I haven't listened to the second two, but I love the first one. Cool, cool, cool. All right, here we go. Enter the abyss. We're both doing the same head bob. Yeah, we're in the same spot. <laughs> and this is that, that, that sacred bones feel that he essentially created. And I feel like I'm watching a John Carpenter movie. Like the yeah, style hasn't it changed. It still sounds like a soundtrack. Sam Neill's like carbon mm-hmm. scars in his face. Mm-hmm. Does anyone do more evocative things with such like basic synth setups? So few notes. Got a little guitar in there, though. Maybe? I don't know what that is. I I think it's a guitar, yeah. I want to see this movie, though. That's that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem, is I'm sort of... Let uh, somebody else make it, though. Okay. He focuses on the, the music. Even make video game music. Right? Ooh, how is he not already? I've heard he's like a big, big video game fan. That'd be one hell of a video game soundtrack. <laughs> oh man. Well, getting back to if I have a cohesive argument to make, the perfect Halloween soundtrack. So, you know, there's music that's just terrifying. You played Scott Walker. I could think of you know some avant-garde classical pieces that just no matter what setting you in, just make you uncomfortable. I like this more for Halloween music because it's like, I have listened to this, taken a walk, you know, taken a stroll in the dark outside, and I'm not, like, terrified. Like, it's still undeniably kind of, you know, spooky, and I'm getting in the Halloween zone, but it's like I can still just enjoy it without my, you know, my blood pressure rising. Right, yeah, you make a really good point. And that's sort of similar to the Wicker Man soundtrack, too, in the sense that... Uh, it works outside of the context of the film. Like you can't be walking around listening to the Shining soundtrack on I have. <laughs> headphones. That's a different story. Sure, yeah. but like it's it's it sort of just elicits the one 
feeling. And I think yeah, with this yeah. kind of music, like that song we just heard, like it's, you know, it's propulsive. It's like kind of cool. And, and on top of it is also somewhat unsettling, similar to, uh, though it's a different genre, Wicker Man soundtrack, where it's like, th- there's something for you even when you're not in that spooky yes. mood. Um, it's it's like the music's telling you, oh yeah, something like really bad and scary and fucked up will happen. Not right now. No, no, you're you're good for now. Just just check out this bassy synth. Keep that in the back of your yeah. mind, which is perfect for Halloween. You know that mm-hmm. that's the that's right where I want to sit. Yeah. Well, this is a slam dunk. This is like bowling with uh, with the the bumpers here, <laughs> trying to make this argument to you. This is only, by the way. I mean, because this is not the last podcast we have before Halloween. And I, I am very, uh, as I said before. It's the last one that's going to come out before Halloween. I, d- I did the math. Is that true, though? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Hang on. No, I have to check this out. He's challenging me here, folks. You're right. That's so sad, though. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm doing another Halloween episode. I'm doing another one. <sighs> I'm doing Halloween. a Thanksgiving episode next week, motherfucker. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, hold on. What, a turkey song? Yeah, I... Uh, I'm doing another Halloween episode. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, and you know what we're doing next week? We're going to Italy. We're going oh, to Italy. Mr. We're, Goblin. We're going to Italy, and we're not in the way that you might think. Oh, okay. But okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't right. care what anybody says. I've been meaning to go to Italy. Might, might uh, check that out for my honeymoon. Mm. Um, well, let's listen to another John Carpenter song. That's, that's all I have to, uh, to offer here. I got one more I want to play. I'm not saying this is the best one, but this is the one that's kind of delved its way into my brain the most. And again, I've heard volumes one through three over and over, but this is like something about this one stuck out to me the most. And I really, I'm curious to get your honest take on this tune, Matt, uh, Thin Lear, because I want you to tell me, is this cheesy? Whoa, okay. Or is this still cool? Is it well, cheesy though? But there is, is cool? there is some element of cheese to what he does sometimes. I mean, I think that's sort of just like, yeah. oh, you know, like too, of, for sure. <laughs> but it's, it's what, it's, it's, uh, there's a little bit of camp, I would say. It's more camp than cheese, if that makes all sense. All right. Well, is, is this one just the camp of all camps? Okay. Summer this, camp. This next one I'm going to play, or is it actually cooler than I'm giving it credit for? This is, this is another one from Lost Themes called Domain. Okay. Yeah, no, I understand what it's like. You're being chased by like a feeble old man or something. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. It's like this is a Halloween song, you know. You know, you could like play this in your house when kids are coming over to trick and treat. It's not too edgy. Sure, here we go. <laughs> this one is a little. That's been stuck in my head all year. This is campier than the last, yeah. Is it still spooky? This one is less spooky than the last one. This is like more... Like smoke Welcome machine. to my castle! Yeah, it's a bit more like that. <laughs> yeah. Still, there's all, there's all different shades of Halloween. This is the, uh, the campy different, shade. Yeah, different, different Halloween for everybody. Yeah. I could go running to this, like if you're going running at night. Working at the gym, does it meet the criteria? You're at the gym, <laughs> Yeah, 100% I would rather listen to this than like Poison. All right, well, we might have found uh, some, some new gym music for you as well. 100%, yeah. I'll bring a little boombox and just have everybody uh, partake. If you're going to the gym... On All Hallows' Eve, it's got to be John Carpenter. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's scarier than uh, getting a pump on, you know? <laughs> uh, scare myself sometimes. But, yeah, we're not done with Halloween yet. I don't care, uh, listeners. You will, you're getting another Halloween-themed episode from me because I just love it. I love it so much. I mean, is there any holiday with better music? Because it sure ain't Christmas. There's, really, there's not. There isn't. There's nothing even comes close. Nothing comes close. And uh, like I say, who better to score Halloween than the man who scored Halloween? Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. I think you found your pull quote. 
Yeah, I forgot to tell you we're we're uh, we're due for an interview with uh, the New Yorker next week. Uh, they were going to use that, unless you have uh, feedback on that. No, no, I'm fine. Thanks for telling me. Jeez. Well, this is fun. This is a nice little macabre, creepy, spooky, good time here. Mm. Hey, but we're not leaving it. Like I said, stay here, stay in this spot for another week with me. Oh, I thought we were talking with one of our friends next week. Are you even doing a segment next week? I might have to. All right. I might have to. Challenge I accepted. Can't, I can't. Uh, we can't leave. I can't wait another year to talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Well, what did we learn today? I learned I got to watch the original Wicker Man. 100%. Clearly. I think you're going to love that film. Uh, you have no idea what you're walking into. There's, there is nothing like that movie. Uh, and the music is a real strong piece of that. You're going to see shades of Midsummer, and um, it's wild. Nice, nice. And what did you learn, Thin Lear, huh? Spooky Thin Lear? You know, not a whole lot. I, I, I Probably that I should invest in the rest of John Carpenter's non-soundtrack catalog. But, you know, he's he's great. And and I that, that connection, I mean, I knew he was releasing stuff through Sacred, Sacred Bones and... Uh, it just makes so much sense, though. I, I feel like there's there's so many artists that he has influence. Um, what's that style of music? You feel free to cut this later on because this is going to be endless. But pineapple. It's uh, <laughs> like there's like a. It's not chill wave, but it was like it came around the same time, and it was like there's like that band synth wave. Well, there's that band. There's a specific term for it if it's like gothy. Oh, it's creepy. like it's like Witch House. There's a band Witch that, House. that has a, a, a title that's like a bunch of O's. I just sent it to you. It looks like that. Witch House. That's yeah, a okay. genre, yeah. I mean, that's 100% from him. It, oh, it feels yeah. like it's from his world. I mean, because it's kind of like a staple now, but there was nobody else making music like that at that time. And for sure. movies, what? There's nothing else to point to there. I mean, even stuff like Suspiria, that's a totally yeah. different style. Yeah, the Italians were, were on a similarly great path, but yeah, not... Not quite aligned. Yeah, apples and oranges. Um, you know what? You should uh, subscribe to this podcast. Hey, yeah, that's right. We know you're there. I know I'm not just talking to Matt here. You should subscribe if you want to catch new episodes every Wednesday. And, uh, you know, leave us a rating. Write us a review. God dang it. Uh, we would love any feedback at all, good or bad. I guess. I mean, I'd yeah, prefer good. I mean, we'll ignore the bad, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to try. You know what? You can also follow us on your social media platform of choice, such as Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. We're at Losing My Opinion. And uh, John Hall, John, I was about to say John Oliver, John Carpenter. <laughs> the scariest uh, talk show host. Best uh, Halloween soundtrack you could ever ask for. You know, I, I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. All right. What do you mean, all right? Oh, you- oh, oh, I, 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 uh, uh, so long, suckers. Oh, ooh, so long, suckers. Ooh. God damn it. I need a new host.